0: Hey everybody and welcome to Libromancy, podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh and today I'm going to be talking about how to lose the time war by Amal El Motar and Max Gladstone. So let's subvert the magic of books. First off, I just want to say this is a great book, it's very short, I think it's 209 pages on the Kindle, but you know, I breezed through it, it was so engaging, it was so thrilling. The characterization is amazing. The setup just throws you right in. I loved the style of the book. I think they knocked it right out of the park. And The style of the book, of course, in a non-spoiler way is that we see one person's perspective, red or blue, and then we read the letter that is left for them afterwards. Um, it was a great little transition. I never had any issues with knowing whose head I was in. You could tell almost immediately. I loved it. I definitely love this book. It's amazing, well worth the read. To give you a little bit of a plot of what's going on, there are two agencies or two kind of groups in the universe who travel through time and make sure things go their way. And they are locked in a perpetual war. And our main characters, Red, is a part of the agency, and Blue is a part of Garden. Now, They're two different agencies, they're they're against each other, and one day Red finds a letter from Blue, and then they just kind of start communicating, and the book goes from there. So, it was great, the writing was great, you could really tell that Amal and Max really did their research, that if they talked about it, it felt like they knew exactly what they were talking about. I never read anything, and was like, "Mm, that's not how that really works, or... That's a little different now. Of course, we're dealing with time travel and changing things, but uh, it was still really enjoyable. It's pretty soft. I, I liked. I did have a couple thoughts that were like, how do they know exactly where to go in time to fix these things? And like, I don't know. But then the agencies are so far back in the history and so secured that to go back there as an opposing agent would be impossible to stop them from coming. But it was just so exciting. Let's let's just get into spoilers now. The book starts us off with red in a war battlefield or just after a battlefield and she has killed everybody she thinks she needs to be killing and you can see right away that she's kind of like a cold, a calculating person, just efficient, does what she does, runs the numbers on everything and you know it works that way. And then she sees a letter and the letter says or I don't remember if it was exactly a letter. She sees something that says, burn before reading. And so she burns it. And as she burns it, she reads in a language that they understand note. And it says, like, hey, I'm blue. I have been working against you for a while. And I just want to let you know that, like, you made me really step up my game because you're so difficult to fight against. Oh, and by the way, that thing you think you were doing here, I already changed it back here, so... Ha, you know, it was great. And then we switch back to, and then the next scene is Blue. And she is, she's at a hospital and she's like, all right, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to call this person and we're going to talk and that'll send them to create a disease. And they'll go here. And then she's like, wait a minute, there's this water. And there's a note that says, you know, bubble before reading. And so she boils the water and the bubbles come up and they are, you know, she can, interpreted it to be a letter and it's from red being like blah 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 yeah i've noticed you being cool too like i'm gonna have to step up my game and like oh by the way this doctor that you were looking for she's at home thanks to like a really cheap remote software thing and like a little bit of car trouble haha ha. like who'd have thought that that would have been all it takes to solve this problem and, and they just keep going back and forth and i loved it i loved The letters that they wrote to each other, they start off kind of a little antagonistic, of course, and then they slowly grow into more friends. And I really loved that they took it at a slow pace where first they're enemies and they're kind of taunting each other. And then as time goes on, they're slowly becoming more and more friends. And as a little bit of their paranoia comes in, they start referring to each other by certain things. So they'll use like the hexadecimal code for red or blue or a bird that's blue And they talk about their wants and their desires and their dreams. And they move things back and forth. And you can see Red in the beginning. She's like, yeah, I've never written a letter before. So I went and read a bunch of books about it. And this is what I'm supposed to do in my introduction. So here's that. And here's my middle ground. And here's that. And oh, by the way, I'm in my conclusion. And so I'm concluding. Ha. And then she learns about postscripts. And it really felt like Blue was this kind of like older person, like almost guiding her and like teaching her how to be like more human and i just I can't I can't say how great it was that i loved it so of course the plot is not content to just let us sit there and enjoy these two people having a, a relationship and they they are growing close and they do love each other and that's great but the red agency finds out about these communications not exactly about the communications but they see the influence that blue has had and they're like, aha, we think Blue is trying to contact you and prime you. And they're going to try and get you to subvert. So we're going to craft a message. And she crafts this poison message that will kill her. And Red's like, hey, there's a message coming. Don't read it. Like, it's poison. is bad. We'll never be able to talk again. I can't hurt you. And, you know, she's doing it. She writes another message inside of it just in case she decides to eat it. And uh, it's just so heartbreaking and so tough. And beautiful and then she eats it of course because she loves red and she wants to know red's final words to her and then she dies and red breaks all the rules and goes to her body and it's like no like you know it was just a great scene and then she's moving on and i loved that throughout the book every time we see them interpret a letter we see a shadowy seeker come and take the remnants of the message carefully, slowly pick up all the pieces that were, that remained. So the water that boiled takes that and drinks it. The ashes takes that and eats it, you know, just all these pieces of every letter. And I loved the uniqueness of every cipher or every message passed back and forth to each other. One's in a fish, one's in some bones, one's in the water next to an MRI machine. It was just so unique and so well thought out, but The Seeker is taking and collecting all these things and you don't know who it is and they don't know who it is. And they're like, well, maybe, you know, it's one of our agencies shadowing us or something else entirely. And then, you know, near the end, I was like, I think I know who it is. And and I was right. It is. It's red after blue dies. She goes back and she collects all the pieces and she puts them and kind of incorporates them into herself and becomes as blue as she can. And, you know, I never knew how many different words there were for like blue and red, like abstractly I did, but like internally I really didn't think there were that many words and colors and phrases and I just love to see them all used. So she is able to break in to Garden in the past when Blue was young and give her kind of an inoculation against this poison in the future. And then when she goes back to the future, she's caught, you know Red, the Red Agency kidnaps her and locks her away. And then they break free and they get to the end. You know, and they're just like, let's go do our own thing and mess with time on our own scale. And I loved it. I just, it was the best ending. You know, I wish it was more, but I'm glad there wasn't. And I I like to think about the war that Red and Blue were in, you know, the uh, agency versus the garden. And it's just perpetual. And they even comment on it that, you know, I'll fix one thing to work for us, and then you'll go back a little further and fix it to work for you. And then we'll go forward in front of that and refix it before it's then to get to us. And. You know, nobody ever gets ahead because we're just both changing time so fast. I loved it. I loved just, there were so many cultural references. It was hilarious. And quite often they'd say something like, it, like, I it happened a bunch of times. They'd say, as the prophet said. And then they'd say something like, really like modern day, like, as the prophet said, your princess is in another castle. Or, like, it, it was just so. Funny, they had a bunch of them. They never felt forced. They never felt off or like they pushed me out of the story. I love that they both hated Atlantises and that Atlantises were the worst. And they always were popping up and putting, getting put down. And she had to save them sometimes and destroy them other times because the ideas would propagate too fast. That was just so great, you know. And I love the difference between the Garden and the Agency. The agency is all about all right, you go here, you do this, you leave. So you'll go in, you'll kill somebody, or you'll give somebody an idea, or you'll tinker with their car and make them take this other route, whereas blue is all about the subtle and the long-term actions, like you're going to go undercover for a year, and this is what you'll be, and this is what you'll do, and then you'll say like these special words at this special time, or do this certain thing, and then you'll be pulled out. And it's like, whoa, that's you know two completely different approaches, but still valid. It's, I just I can't say anything more about this book. It was just that good. The writing was beautiful. Amal, Matt L. Matar, and Max Gladstone did an amazing job. And it's very short. You can really breeze through this in a day or two if you If you want. It really just pulls you in and sucks you, and keeps you engaged in it. So that's going to wrap up my discussion of how to lose the time war. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. Of course, if you have any questions or comments or concerns, you can email those to libromancypod at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter most of the time, at libromancypod. And I've put up a calendar on the website, you know, at libromancy.podbean.com, just showing what books are coming up next. And I'm trying to really keep on top of that. So if you wanted to read along ahead, you can, you know, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And remember to subvert the magic of books.